What's up, everyone? We're back for another episode of Locked On Bucks. It's been a little while since we had a show. There's been two games. Unfortunately, two losses for the Bucks, but still plenty to talk about. Giannis mentioned that he was a little bit frustrated after the game. I think all Bucks fans are a little bit frustrated with the general situation right now. So we're going to discuss that a little bit. And we're going to talk about Chris Milton a little bit. He's around the corner from returning. Uh, it's time to show this man a little bit of appreciation because when he's out of the lineup, you realize that things bog down a little bit. So plenty to talk about today as we start to build up towards a big game with the Los Angeles Lakers. Let's get into it. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. To Locked On Bucks, I'm your host Kane Pittman. You can see and hear me on this show daily, Monday to Friday, under usual circumstances, and find my words over at ESPN and NBA Australia. And joining me today is my good friend from the Bucks Radio Network, regular on the show, Justin Garcia. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit RockAuto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. And we thank you all for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or your first watch of every single day. And we really appreciate that everyone does that because you notice when you have some other things come up in the last few days. I mentioned this on our last podcast, but the Australian League is getting underway and I do a bunch of stuff with ESPN for that. So we've had media days, we've had preseason starting. So that's the reason why we didn't have a show uh, on Monday. But then I had a had a listener message me and say, "Well, why isn't the podcast showing up on Apple Apple Podcast?" That says because there isn't one, and that's when you realize how many shows we do here. I think I've been doing this for three years, and I think we've done about six hundred and fifty or more, a little over that in the three years or almost three years. So, hey, we appreciate you guys. We appreciate you for the support. And yes, we apologize we didn't have a Monday show, but we're going to break it all down today. Justin, you look, unless my eyes are failing me. <laughs> You look like you have a purple Bucks hat. Oh, I do. On. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is one of the uh, new City Edition hats. So I, I know we talked about it before. Uh, I wasn't going to wait to see what I would be able to talk the team into giving me for free. That once they <laughs> release purple, I just said I'm buying this because I know. Frank and I are very different on this, but I grew up with the purple, so. It was bad basketball. There was not a whole lot to cheer, but my childhood, I remember going to the Bradley Center and watching Purple. So I wanted to buy anything Purple they were were releasing. I like it. It's a good look. And I think they're wearing the jerseys on Wednesday night, I believe. Yeah. I believe. So the new City Edition jerseys you'll be able to see. We're going to talk about Bucks Lakers in a little bit. We'll start to build up to that game. Uh, after this five-game road trip, the Bucks actually have a couple of days uh, off here to get themselves reacquainted and get themselves back in Milwaukee and back home and prepare hopefully to snap a two-game losing streak but that two-game losing streak uh, finished 
with a loss to the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, they did lose to the Celtics, which I actually thought was a really entertaining game. Now, I know there's no Giannis in that game. Obviously, there was no Lopez. There was no Middleton. So you kind of thought the Bucks were a chance to get blown out. They battled really, really hard, took it uh, all the way to overtime on the road, uh, weren't able to get the win. But this Atlanta game, it kind of, for me anyway, felt like it encapsulated a lot of what we've seen this year from the Bucks. Uh, particularly with the the inability to to rebound the ball, I think the defensive rebounding percentage off the top of my head was fifty nine point two, which is disastrous. And I think if you look at the uh, defensive rebounding percentage uh, over the course of the season, the last three years the Bucks have been at least in the top four. And two of those years they were in the top two. This year, I believe they ranked twenty fourth. For de- defensive rebounding percentage, I mean, that tells the story. But last night uh, in this game against Atlanta or a couple of nights ago, if you're listening to this, the the ability of, of John Collins to to be an impactful player on the glass, Clint Capella as well. And then quite honestly, just some straight up bad luck or confusion with Bucks players and the ball flying in, um, in weird angles. It just all came together at the bad time. And the Bucks were blown out in the end. And a lot of the times, those offensive rebounds or those important buckets came at a time when the Bucks looked like they were about to make a push or they were they were trying to make a push. So the fact that Giannis may have hinted to a little bit of frustration, first of all, it's no surprise because they lost. He's always been frustrated when they lose, even if they're on pace for 70 wins. But last night in particular was a little bit grating, I think, if you're probably a player, certainly if you're a fan. Yeah, it um, it was kind of what we have grown accustomed to seeing from uh, this team early to start this season. That it's it's been tough for this team with with the depth issues and actually the I mean the Hawks just thoroughly dominated on the glass. That the Bucks' defensive rebounding rate was around sixty percent. The Hawks were at ninety percent. So <laughs> that's like what we've seen. Where Atlanta did that, it was a a week or so ago when the Knicks had an offensive rebounding rate of 40%, which is the highest we've seen from any team in the NBA this season. I mean, who would have thought we would be at the point where we're talking about a Bucs team that's getting dominated on the glass, and they're actually doing a pretty good job defending the three. That I know luck plays into that, but and shooting overall is down, especially from the outside this year, but opponents that are around 33% on threes against the Bucks this season, which if we would have went back a year ago and said, hey, in a year's time, the opponents are going to be shooting this and not close to 40%, you'd think this team is unstoppable. But it just really shows you, you know, coming into the season, we touched on the depth concerns in the front court. And the conversation was always if Brooke Lopez misses any time or if Bobby Portis goes down or, or obviously if Giannis goes down for a multitude of reasons, you're in trouble. But if one of those guys goes down, it could be some issues. And we've seen a lot of those guys go down at the same time. But I think it's also the secondary guys that, you know, you didn't really realize what they're bringing, like Chris Middleton's rebounding and, and what you've missed there. Brooke Lopez, it's been highlighted just because of what he does for guys like Pat Connaughton and, and for Chris and Bobby and everybody else. But um, it, it's just, it's, you're seeing a team that's not full strength. And how human they are when they're not, you know, the team they were a season ago. And I think that's the frustrating part is these are things we're used to seeing them dominate, rebounding, points in the paint. They've been getting destroyed by their opponents, too. And that's another thing with no Brooke, with no Drew Holiday, that that's going to be an issue. So that's been the adjustment of, holy cow, the Bucks again, are getting dominated on the glass. The opponent is outscoring them in the paint. The opponent was red hot from the outside last night, and that's something the Bucs have done a good job of defending. It's been the bizarro Bucs this year. 
Yeah, and so just to put it in the most simple terms, Brook Lopez has already missed 13 games this season. Over the course of the first three seasons in Milwaukee, he missed eight games during the regular season. So he's already missed comfortably more games this season alone than he did in his first three seasons in Milwaukee, which does... Yeah, give it, you can take a couple of things out of that. You can say the Bucks have been lucky with his injury or his ability to stay healthy and play through soreness or whatever it may be. That's obviously number one. And then there are some people out there, and this has quietly been building throughout the season, where people say, well, they should have had another big on the roster. Now, we're going to talk about that in a little more detail later in the week, only because it makes sense when you're talking about the Los Angeles Lakers because they are a team with Anthony Davis where they've got these big centers. They've always had these big centers on the roster and people say, well, why do you bother? Well, they've got an injury injury prone guy who they would like to play at the five in, in the playoffs. He's probably at the five in their best lineup. So it's kind of similar. And should the Bucks have had a guy backing up uh, Brooke Lopez, like Philadelphia have always had backing up Joel Embiid. Uh, it's an interesting conversation. We will get to that. But last night, just in general for Giannis, I actually tweeted it during the game that I thought that this was the most frustrated Giannis looked all season. Now, I think part of that is the fact that he picked up two uh, charges or he's called for two charges. Now, this has been something that he's had to work through. It's certainly been, a, an, an, I wouldn't say a problem in the past, but an issue in the past where he's picked up these offensive fouls. Uh, last night, I think John Collins was the guy who, who drew both of them. He certainly drew one. But then Giannis also got called for a travel as he was trying to get to the basket. And it just it stuck out to me that he looked like he was starting to get a little bit annoyed. Now, I, I don't know what was the cause of that. Was it just this one night? Uh, Marcus Johnson was talking a lot on the broadcast just about how tired he looked. And he did. He looked super fatigued. And so he should be because he's been asked to play at the five all season long. We've spoke about that. He has to carry not only the offense from a scoring perspective and facilitating, but there's been no release file. There's been no one else that you've been able to give the ball to and they can run things. Obviously, Drew Holiday's worked his way back now. He's not at his best. He's struggling a little bit. But there's just so much pressure on Giannis that I don't know what was the source of the frustration. As we said, we've seen him throughout the course of his career. Anytime the Bucs lose, he is not happy. But... You know, last night just did was the first time I really saw the signs of, okay, maybe he's feeling the weight of what this team is asking him to do out there. Yeah, and we've certainly seen him fatigued a handful of times already this season. I think back to the homestand where they lost to the Timberwolves and I think the Spurs in that weekend where that was, you know, two instances where it seemed like, man, he really seems like he's gassed at the end of the game. And that's, again, very early into all of these injuries starting to really culminate. And it was just Giannis out there. Now, Grayson Allen has been the running mate for him, and you got Drew Holiday back. But with Grayson, it still took some time for him to get comfortable. Drew Holiday slowly came back into the mix. So he slowly started to get those pieces around him. But, you know, you we all know this from watching this team and, and watching the NBA for the last handful of years. As good as Giannis is, as good as LeBron James is, you can't do it with just one guy. And this really shines a light on how good and how valuable those other pieces are around Giannis that you see when there's no Chris, when there's no Drew, even Brooke that, you know, as we just touched on, you've seen his importance too. As great as he is, you can't win with one guy. And this has been like some of those early 2000s teams and early on in Giannis's career where it was Giannis still figuring things out. It was Chris that wasn't quite at the level he was at. And you're a good team around a 500 team but you're not much better than that when that's all you have. And because of injuries, that's what they've had. I think early in that game too, there was a call that I, 
I forget what the call was, but I think there was like a hand check foul on the Hawks, and you could see Trey Young already politicking that. Giannis traveled on this. How is this not? And then slowly, shortly afterwards is when Giannis got called for the travel. There was a lot of confusion, um, at least on our end, on the radio broadcast too, over Giannis's fouls because initially they had him down for three fouls in the first quarter. And just thinking there's no way this is possible because – Bud's not going to play him when this is all you have. He's not going to play him with three fouls in the opening quarter. And then I think it was the third quarter where we finally saw one of the fouls taken off for Giannis. So it, it's just been one of those years, too, where we know how competitive he is. He joked with you after the game a week or so ago that they finally won and he thought they were tanking for the number one pick. But I think all of that is just kind of culminated where it's, I understand this whole process and why this is happening, but enough already. We're the champions. Like, get me Chris back. Get me Drew back. Get me Brooke back. Let's get everybody back, and let's just play the way that we're capable of playing. Yeah, and by the way, I mean, when we talk about uh, him being frustrated and, and what that means to him and him working through that, we've seen this before. This isn't a new experience for him. Uh, perhaps the fact the Bucks feel like they're losing more games and he doesn't have the guys by his side is a little, by his side is a little bit different. But he still had 26 points, five rebounds, six assists, a steal, a couple blocks. I mean... <laughs> This is, this is where we're at with Giannis, and we always talk about this. Even for him on a night where he might seem like he's frustrated or he might get in foul trouble or things might not necessarily go his way, he still puts up these ridiculous uh, ridiculous numbers. And if you read the story, and Eric Name over at the Athletic had the story, uh, it's, it's a good read if you missed the, the post-game press conference there. He did finish it off by saying, I know it's like frustrating now, but I also know it's going to get better when we get the guys back. Chris will be back. That's going to be good. Eventually, Brooke's going to be back. So... We've seen with him last year, he's got such great perspective of what it all means. I think he really grew in that area last year, dealing with a number of things that were clearly causing you know, pressure from from externally, uh, and they were able to work through that. So there's nothing to worry about, Giannis, but it's just you know, for him to, to come out and say that he was frustrated, it's like, okay, yeah, we're seeing this, and it makes perfect sense that you're feeling that way. Uh, I do want to talk about Chris Middleton a little bit, but with how hard Giannis is working, I assume that he's giving the Theragun a fair old workout in between games, on the bench. And you can too if you're a Bucks fan that's stressed out. Don't let the stress of daily life weigh on your body, whether you're an elite athlete like Giannis or someone like me just trying to make it through the day tension-free. Theragun can help. Theragun is a handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power. It's also as quiet as an electric toothbrush, so uh, you know, you're not going to be annoying everyone else that lives in your house. The Gen 4 Theragun doesn't just feel good. It gets to the source of the pain by releasing tension using Theragun's signature percussive therapy, which goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. Whether you want to treat your muscle tension from working out or an injury or just the stresses of everyday life, there's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4. So uh, you can we can we can help you out with this. You can try the Theragun for 30 days starting at only $199. Go to therabody.com slash locked on right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's therabody.com slash locked on. Therabody com slash locked on. All right, as we keep rolling here, again, we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen of every single day. You can check out a bunch of other podcasts on the network. Once you're done with Locked On Bucks, either on your podcast platform or on YouTube, uh, there's a podcast for every team. If you want to check out teams the Bucks are about to play, the fantasy basketball podcast we talk about, national shows as well, so you can check them all out over at uh, Locked On, at the Locked On Podcast Network. So, 
Chris Middleton, Justin, come on, man. We we look. Anyone that's been listening to this show for a long time knows I love Chris Middleton, and I think with the ex- expectation that he's about to come back into the lineup against the Lakers, first of all, uh, the man just had COVID, so I think that it's very obvious. We should all say we'll see how he looks, see how he feels, temper the expectations right off. Right off the start here, which is unfortunate. I mean, he walked straight into a national TV game against the Lakers, but on a team that really probably wants to get a win. But uh, I think the one thing that we've learned throughout here with Chris Middleton's absence is you just, you just, you, you do. It's hard not to get more of an appreciation for what he brings to this team. Clearly, he's been a guy that's been much maligned over many years. And this actually, his absence actually brought me back to the conversation we had a number of times last year because it became a little bit of a narrative. Uh, with fans, and which is which is fine. I mean, the fans. We, we we talk about whatever we want to talk about on Twitter. There becomes talking points. But last year, it was like, well, Drew Holiday is actually the second best player on this team, and we would discuss it here and say, well, it actually doesn't really matter. Like, who cares? Like, what is the conversation to who's the second or third best player on a team? It doesn't matter. But the point being that both Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton bring something to this team that when you take it away, you really suffer in a certain area. And I think for Chris Middleton, what we've learned is if you went through an entire season with uh, with Drew Holiday and Giannis, what you're really missing on the wing is a guy that brings arguably the most valuable skill set in the NBA, in the modern NBA, and that's the ability to say, okay, there's the ball, dribble on the perimeter, work your way to your spot, and get a shot. They're not always going to make shots. They're not always going to make shots. And the point that I always made last year is, why is Chris Milton the one that's getting criticized all the time? Do these people not watch Devin Booker have terrible shooting nights? Do they not watch Donovan Mitchell have terrible terrible shooting nights? We've seen Jason Tatum this year has been abysmal. All the good scorers like that, that score in that way, go through troughs. They go through poor stretches. They go through hot stretches. But we just watched Chris Milton in the postseason. Every time the Bucks were in trouble, he had his biggest games. He had his biggest nights. The man was clutch as anything. And now we've seen earlier in the season, you mentioned Grayson Allen. He's been fantastic. But I think it's also fair to say you don't want Grayson Allen to have to be the second most the important. Yeah, exactly right. He's, he's not that guy. So Chris Milton, you just get more of an appreciation for what he is, who he is, and what he's been for this team for a long time. Yeah, and uh, speaking of returns, too, if it starts to get misty in here, sorry. I just well, witnessed the Lakers tribute video to Alex Caruso and him yeah. embracing LeBron in his return to Los Angeles. Beautiful. Um, but, no, I mean, it was over the weekend. It, I mean, it's been a handful of times, but I think over the weekend, especially against the Celtics, against the Hawks, where there were moments you just – I think we all kind of mentioned it, and you see people out – everybody bringing it up of, all right, this is really another example of, man, the Bucks just don't have a lot of shot creators right now with the injuries that they're dealing with. And that's an area where Chris is definitely going to help you. This is, you know, this is the cost of what they did last year in the off season that if this was two years ago, where you still have a lot of that depth that helps guide you through the regular season, the Bucks are, are not six and eight right now. And they're dealing with these injuries much better, but you're in a better spot for the postseason. So, you know, the game against the Hawks was one where you just needed somebody to go shot for shot with Trey Young. And it gave you the feels immediately when Trey Young hit his first five shots and he's taking threes from, you know, mid court that you realize, okay, it's one of these games. And plus going in, I don't know how many people buy into this, but just the feeling of they've lost six in a row. It, that losing streak is going to end sooner or later. And with a banged up team, it, it feels like it's ending today. So you didn't have a great feel going in 
the Celtics game is another one where you could only do so much, you know, with no Giannis and you got Drew out there. Grayson Allen hit some huge shots again. But again, once you got to overtime is where you saw they just when there's these amount of injuries, they don't have the shot creators. And when you're looking for all of a sudden Pat gets bumped up and George Hill gets bumped up a line, that's the issue that you run into. So we hope and we certainly assume all of that's going to change once Chris comes back. I don't anticipate him to play if it does happen Wednesday. I don't anticipate him to play 30 minutes. It's going to be gradually worked back into the mix, you would assume. But just having him out there, I mean, as we've talked about on this show, I think some of the the trickle down and the little things that you don't even take into account, you know, how you can stagger lineups. And think about the minutes where Giannis has been off the floor and this team has just been brutalized in those minutes because of the injuries. That if Giannis is off the floor – more often than not, it means no other star is out there. Maybe Drew is out there, but that's it. So now you feel a little more confident in those minutes once you start to get these guys back in the mix because, you know, before Chris went down, we talked about it on this show where it seemed like a split squad a lot of times that Giannis would have his group, Chris would have his group because of the injuries. Now as you start to reintroduce those guys, that'll change too. So the minutes with Giannis off the court or Drew off the court aren't going to be as much of a liability, even if you're gradually working them back in the mix. I mean, it doesn't sound like a lot, but that's a huge boost when all of a sudden you can tell guys like Pat and George Hill and Grayson Allen even, we don't need quite as much from you anymore. Like we don't need you to be the number two guy or the leading initiator on offense for some stretches. Now you can kind of slide back to your normal role. Yeah, I think another one of the stats, and again, this is off the top of my head, so I'm hoping this is accurate, but the point of this is go and read Eric's story at The Athletic. But I think one of the stats that he had in there was that uh, Justin Robinson is the only two-way player in the league uh, that's played over 200 minutes so far this year. And not only has he played like regular minutes in this rotation, and again, this isn't a knock on Justin Robinson, but that's that in general. I mean, the idea of a two-way player are generally guys that you want to develop. They're going to spend some time in the G League. You're not relying on them to play rotation minutes every night. That's kind of been the case for Justin Robinson. And just because he is a guy that can naturally score the ball a little bit, there's been times where he's been having to run the offense and take shots that typically you're like, okay, I don't want you taking that shot. So it, it's just the nature of this. And and with Drew Holiday in particular, I definitely over the last few games, I've got more tweets where people are saying, well, Drew Holiday is, it sucks right now. It's like, well, okay, he, he hasn't been at his best. He would admit that. He has admitted that. Um, but when you look at the, the jump shot in particular, last year, honestly, he probably shot above where he normally would from three-point percentage. We yeah. spoke about that and said, okay, what are the reasons for that? There's a number of reasons for that. But he's still going to come up. He's a better shooter than what he is. Is he still finding his legs? Is it just a rough patch? This happens through the regular season, and sometimes they come at the worst possible time. So I'm not so worried about Drew Holiday at all. He'll be fine. Uh, but again, he's an important piece at the top with Chris and with Brooke and all those guys together obviously make uh, the team a lot better. So no concern about Drew Holiday uh, yet. But the other guy that's missing, I want to talk about Dante a little bit before we wrap up uh, this show just because there's an interesting... Uh, I guess, theme or narrative, whatever it is that I see on Twitter, that I think is at least worth touching on. But uh, the Bucks just, uh, they're still missing some parts, as we say. But if your car is missing some parts, you can go to Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible to find your local chain auto parts store that stocks all the parts you need. So rather than going in there, having to find what part it is, they only have one brand anyway, so you don't actually have a choice. You should just go to rockauto.com at home. You don't even have to leave your home, and you can save time and money 
Uh, and instead of spending 30%, 50% or 100% more for the same parts, you can uh, get it at rockauto.com. It's a family business that's been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. The prices are reliably low for every customer. They've got everything you need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. So just go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And then jump across to betonline.ag. It's back then better than ever. Just in time for the start of the basketball season. They have more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains the number one spot for basketball and football action this season. Just head to the updated desktop or mobile website and you can sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code locked on there. So that's Bet Online. It's as I said, it's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online where the game starts. So of course, naturally, and this has been a theme from the preseason that this is going to be this battle between Grayson Allen and Dante DiVincenzo. It's it, we discussed it certainly. Mostly because of the contract situation. Now, I think one point that we did make at the start of the season was, well, just because Grayson Allen signed an extension doesn't necessarily mean the conversation is over because we have to wait until Dante comes back. Now, I I think it's unfair to Dante because I think most people forget what he brings to the team because he wasn't there for the last few rounds of the playoffs. They still won the title. Obviously, he hasn't sort of been out of sight, out of mind so far this season. Grayson Allen's been on fucking fire that shot against boston was absolutely ridiculous to like send the game to overtime so first of all you could not have asked for anything more from grayson allen he's been simply sensational i just want to point out that dante's never had this situation where he's had the opportunity to play <laughs> and take this many shots and and run the offense now people will point to the numbers and say okay well he, even when he's had shots he's had opportunities he hasn't been that efficient fine i just think that it's it's kind of silly to say that you know, Dante's lost his spot or he's not going to come in and start or or he could never produce at this level because he also just hasn't had the chance. He's never played with no Chris, no Drew, no Brooke, all these guys out of the lineup where it's like, okay, Dante, you kind of, whether you want to be or not, whether you're ready to be or not, you're going to be the second option. He's just never had that opportunity. It's like, come on, that's not right off Dante. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I I agree. And, um, you know, Dante hasn't has never had the opportunity for this volume. Grayson Allen's volume is obviously going to go down maybe as soon as Wednesday, once this team starts to reintroduce some of their regulars back into the mix. But I mean, you know, the other thing is in terms of in the starting lineup, I, I think Grayson Allen is a perfect fit for playing alongside Giannis and, and some of the rest of the group that's out there. So that's kind of what we've witnessed through these first 14 games. I mean, he's on pace to shatter Ray Allen's records for three-pointers made and attempted in a Bucks uniform. And it's, you know, Dante isn't the same type of player as Grayson Allen, but it doesn't mean the Bucks no longer need him. And, you know, I know you guys will get to it later in the week, but I've already seen a handful of people posing the question and, and asking a bunch of us, too, of, well, why wouldn't you just trade Dante for another center here and, and help fill the void there? I mean, one, you're not going to trade Dante DiVincenzo for a backup center and for a guy that in all likelihood you're only going to use in the regular season. But, you know, I think it's easy to forget Dante's a different type of player than, than Grayson, but he does a lot of things that Coach Budenholzer loves and that you need. I mean, he can – we talked about the rebounding issues. Dante DiVincenzo is a very good rebounding guard and has the ability to play a size up, as Bud has talked about. 
in the past. So you get him back. That helps solve a lot of those issues you've had on the glass. His defensive playmaking ability. And, I mean, you need more than just jump shooting. And Dante has the ability to get to the rim. He's gotten better and better each year at finishing at the rim. But he's just a different player than Grayson Allen. And I think, you know, ultimately this team needs both of them. So what Grayson Allen's doing doesn't shut the door on Dante this season. I mean, you can debate whether or not Grayson will stay in the starting lineup and maybe Dante's better served to lead the second unit. But it doesn't mean Dante's time here is done and the Bucs are looking to move on. They still need a healthy Dante DiVincenzo to complement the rest of this team. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a great addition to this team. You already pointed to some of the things that he does so well. But he, he has gone through stretches where he's been a really consistent guy that'll get you double-digit scoring each night. And it's, a, it's another opportunity for the Bucs to add a, a guy that you have no problem putting in the rotation, which is what they kind of need right now. It does eliminate some of the problems of, okay, well, now you're playing Rodney Hood out there that, that looks to this point, early days, I know, looks a little bit limited. Okay, like we already mentioned Justin Robertson that's out there. Of course, we've, we've spoke about Thanasis before, who's uh, probably by most people's admission would have played more than they would have suspected that he would have, certainly more starts than he would have um, previously. So, yeah, I mean, if you add another uh, high-caliber rotation guy into the lineup, then you're going to be better for it. Now, I don't think it means that you could completely ignore the idea of a trade because, as we said, you know, if if, if the Bucks don't think that they're going to pay him in the offseason, then I'm not saying that this isn't something that they're considering. They also understand the health situation better than we do. So that's yeah. that's another element to that. So it's not to say that it wouldn't happen, but without knowing, and this is part of the challenge, we don't get any info yeah. on Brooke Lopez, but without knowing the health status of Brooke Lopez going forward, I think that honestly would be determining whether there would be any discussions with the trade. Because if they believe that Brooke Lopez is coming back and this is super precautionary, and perhaps even if you want to go down this path, a planned absence for Brooke Lopez, then... I think that the the trade probably wouldn't be on the table just yet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the big thing is what is the, the unknown status of Brooke Lopez? Because if, if all is well, and it's just, we're being precautious with him. I mean, there's, you talked about his durability, but I mean, we do have to point out he's, he's getting up there in age. He's a seven footer and that's a lot of wear and tear. And he's been so durable that he's played a lot of minutes that, you know, maybe this is reaching the point of his career where health does become an issue and you got to take it easy with him and he can't play 72 games a year anymore. You got to kind of limit that more. So his health ultimately is probably going to be the biggest impact on what you would do in that regard with Dante. I still think the only way you would see Dante move this year is if it's a serious issue with Brooke and and you realize it's going to be hit or miss going forward. Other than that, I mean, just for the the pure financial reasons of it, of the contracts that they have on their team and, and how expensive the team gets. I think if you did make a decision to move on from either of the two guys in Grayson or Dante, it would be in the off season in, in a sign and trade where you could get the trade exception and bring something back in return. Cause it's not as though the bucks can go out there and just use the mid level and sign guys with where they're at in terms of the salary cap. Yeah, it's again, I think preferably if the Bucks had a trade that they thought was a noodle move of this season, it would be closer to the trade deadline. At this point, I think we assume that Dante, you know, if he's going to return and he's back running, we've seen some clips, which has been lovely to see, but we think that it's probably closer to Christmas, maybe the new year, which for me, again, continues to be my target. Just hang around 500 till Christmas yeah. and then you get a bunch of home games. You can really start to warm up on a lead up. Uh, to the all-star break and then push push forward from that point on so 
We'll see with all those guys. Hopefully, by the turn of the new year, Brooke Lopez and Dante DiVincenzo are back in the lineup, and these discussions are well and truly in the past. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But again, Justin, I mean, you know, if we got an update, then we would be able to have a little bit more clarity on what we think is going to happen here in the next few months. Come on. They're killing us. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think we've talked about before, like 30-ish games is where you usually like to check in and feel like, okay, now I know who this team is. It might be 40 with with this team, with the injury issues um, that they've had. But, you know, to the, the scheduling point that you made about Christmas time, I mean, right now is your chance, too, where you return home for five games, you're starting to get healthier. And this homestand, I mean, as we've seen already, 14 games in, you can't take anything for granted. But this homestand is a pretty good opportunity for the Bucks to start to move the needle and get back above 500. Yeah, no doubt about it. We'll lead up to the Lakers game, and then I think they've got the Thunder or the Magic are in there as well. So a couple of couple of winnable games that hopefully they can get back on track. And look, 14 games right now, we're not even – we're actually not even – we're still a couple of weeks away from the quarterway mark of this season. So this is how early it is. Sometimes uh, it can be easy to forget that. So like I said, we'll mention uh, the Lakers game. We'll build up to that. They're always a big game, even if – LeBron isn't going to be in the lineup, but we'll wait and see uh, what happens with that. But also don't forget to check out the Locked On Bets podcast, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. So look, like we said right off the top, we apologize. No podcast yesterday, but we're back. We'll be back tomorrow. Then we'll be back post-game against the Lakers and every day Monday to Friday uh, as usual. Sometimes, you know, sometimes you get busy. I've got a couple of jobs on the go. It's just uh, it's just life. But anyway, it felt good to be back. I'm refreshed after the weekend and ready for another week. Uh, the Bucks are back home, so hopefully they're feeling refreshed and ready to go this week. But for Justin and myself, we'll leave it there. Catch you guys tomorrow.